Okay, Booker Joe. Uh, today's dot is love. Um, and we pick up um, at the two dots about eight lines in. Um, and we have spent the first uh, four dots talking about the source for the Kohen Gadol and, and possibly in parallel, um, the Kohen Gadol and Yom Kippur possibly in parallel, the Kohen who did the, who did the Paraduma, um, the source for the idea of a seven day separation. And we have developed basically two models that are, are with Yochanan who learned it out from the Mi'uim and that of Reish Lakish who learned it out from Harsinai and then we had a little bit of a digression around the Mi'uim and exactly how the Mi'uim took place and what was Ma'ake so now the Gemara in a way doubles back and reopens the conversation so again it's about eight lines from the top on Zavah Madalas by the two dots Mafrishin Kohen Gadol Mi'beso so you would separate the Kohen Gadol from his house for seven days prior to the Avoda on Yom Kippur and you would, he would live in this Lishkat Parhedrin in this chamber um, in the Beit HaMikdash so the Gemara says Lama Mafrishim why do we separate him? And it says Lama Mafrishim why do we separate him? Kinnikarminan weren't you paying attention? like we said before even if Yochanan Kiri Islay weren't you paying attention with my interest? even if Yochanan Kiri Islay even if Yochanan Kiri Islay either if Yochanan for the reason he says or if Yochanan for the reason he says so it's like we, we've just been discussing for the last four days. It's either about uh, the idea of the Milim or it's about um, or it's about Harsinai. So what do you mean? Why do we separate? Ella, so Hachi um, This is what it means. Nibeso Lama Piresh. So we got so we got the Mafrishim Kohen Gadol. The first three words of the Mishnah or whatever. The first three words we explained. The, it's either based on Harsinai or based on the Miluim. But the question is the, uh, the next word Nibeso, which Beso does not just mean his physical house that he would live in the Beit Hamikdash, but Beso also Beso Zoishto. You know, as is a very common way, not just in terms of interpreting the Pasuk by Yom Kippur, Chipper Bado Ve'ad Beso, right? Which Mar says Beso Zoishto, which is why he has to be married on Yom Kippur, um, but also you know throughout the Gemara, throughout Shas. Bias is the way is really a, a very common way that the Gemara refers to uh, you know to a, a man's wife. Like actually, the Aramaic word for wife is the vasayu, the bias of so of so and so. You know, so that obviously reflects certain type of a, a pers- perspective on women and wives. But the Gemara here is taking it for granted that the word in the Mishnah why did, that you separated him from his house meant his wife. That he didn't live with his wife for seven days. That why not? That's answer two. Why? All right. So let's do it. Why couldn't his wife come and live with him there on in this Lishkas Parhedrin? Why not? So let's take a look. So Tanya, so Michael thinks he has the answer. We'll get back to Michael in a minute. Let's do what the Gemara says. So Tanya, Reb Yudah ben Beseira Omer, Shema Tinsi Ishto Safek Nida Leha. No, it's a tumor concern. It's not the Miluin concern. It's not the Harsinai issue, which is fascinating because you could have said, as I know Michael's dying to say, that that's exactly part of the point of Miluin and Harsinai. Fascinatingly, the Gemara does not understand that to be necessary. And says, no, it's because of a tumor concern. We need him to be Tahar on Yom Kippur. And if, his, if he is there with his wife and they are sleeping together and they're having sex, then maybe she will be a doubtful Nida and he'll have sex with her. I mean, presumably he wouldn't have sex with her if she's definitely a Nida, but okay. And then he'll be Tame because a man who has sex with a woman who's a Nida, besides the fact that it's a, one of the forbidden acts of sex and your Chayv Kareh, um, it also makes the man Tame with, with a tomb of seven days, like the tomb of Nida. So that's why, because we want to avoid another way of avoiding Tumma. So the Gemara first says, one minute. One minute. Are we talking about evil people? I mean, he would never would now willingly, you know, consciously have sex with his wife, not only when she's a Nida, but even when she's a Suffolk Nida. He's not going to do that. I mean, just because of the prohibition, not even because of the Tumma. So Ella, Shema Yavo Al Ishto Suffolk Nida. No, here's the problem. That he'll have sex with his wife permissibly. But then what will happen after they've had sex? She'll realize that they'll she'll find a stain on the bed. That's the and subject, but the subject will be after, right. not before. Right. So the act of having sex with what? Why didn't you say vada yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. All language of subject is problematic. Well, right. So I it could have said the but again, yeah, I want right. to describe. I think 
All right. I think it wants to describe a scenario that maybe is like, you know, a little bit more likely. Like if it turns out that she knows she's bleeding while they're having sex, you know, the Gemara talks about an obligation of husband and wife to separate at Shafazetet, at the time when she's expecting to get her period. Um, and presumably, you know, the Gemara would, you know, I think would assume that he would keep that as well. So it's possible that this wasn't what she was expecting to get a period, but she got her period nevertheless. But okay, I think what the Gemara wants to describe is a scenario that might be a little bit more common. You know, they have sex, no problem, whatever, and then uh, an hour later she finds, she, you know, she, she sees that there's a spot of blood on the sheets. And now we have a whole question. Was he, you know, was he tummy or not? Was she Anita when they were having sex or not? Why did they want so, to But you're right. It could have said, I will get back to you. It could have said that Tim Savad Anita, but I think it's just doing something needed to make it a little bit, uh, a little maybe more realistic. So I'm Rua Rabban Kamid Rav Chista. So the rabbi said this to Rabbi Chisa, that that was the concern, that they, he would wind up becoming Tameh if he was living with his wife in the base of Mitzvah and having sex. So the Gemara says, come on, Rabbi Chisa said back, come on to Rabbi Akiva. This would only be a legitimate concern according to Rabbi Akiva. The Amar, Nida Mitzvah Boala, that the Nida makes her husband Tameh. Now the Torah says the Nida makes her husband Tameh, but I'll explain this in a minute. Nira Banan, Ha'amri, ain't Nida Mitzvah Boala. The Nida doesn't make her husband Tameh. Now again, it does not mean that if a woman is definitely in need and she has sex with her husband, that her husband is not Tameh. It means retroactively. Now the key word that's missing and implied here is retroactive. The first Mishnah in Nida says that if a woman finds blood um, either intern- through an internal check or on her garments that she knows came from her and did not come from another source and so on, then, and, but she, so now she doesn't know exactly when the bleeding began. I mean, even if it's an internal check, halakhically a woman is a nida when the blood exits <coughs> the, the, um, the uterus goes, and through the cervix and goes into the vaginal canal even before it comes out of the body. So if a woman finds blood, she doesn't know when she became a nida. So the first mission Nida says, it's a debate of Eichama and Beitillo, actually here Beitillo is more lenient. Anyway, but basically, and then there's a position of the Chamim, and the basic position of the first mission, I'm saying Beitillo is more lenient, that's right. The first position, anyway, the position of the Chamim is that she is Tame retroactively for the last 24 hours, unless she did an internal check prior, and then obviously it would be the lesser of the two. Okay, but uh, assuming she didn't do an, a, a, a recent internal check, she's Tame'ah 24 hours retroactively. But what about that's in terms of if she handled objects and if she touched truma and so on we say it became Tameh anything she handled in the last 24 hours what if she had sex with her husband in the last 24 hours so there the Chachamim say okay that far we're not going to go you know anyway would have everybody then be anxious having sex because if I, I find fine within the next 24 hours right that she's a Nida woman says if I find out in the next 24 hours I'm a, you know, I'm a Nida then I'm going to have to think that this act of sex was being done you know we were transgressing so uh, that's my psychological explanation. But whatever the reason is, the Gemara says that according to the Chachamim, this tr- 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 twenty-four hours retroactive would not imp- would not define her husband as being Tameh for having had sex with Anita. Only things that she handled. And Rabbi Akiva disagrees. Rabbi Akiva says that even the husband would be Tameh for twenty-four hours prior. So the Gemara is saying you just described the scenario you are concerned with, as everybody here said. Why don't we just say the scenario where she was bleeding? She started bleeding as we having sex. But again, the Gemara I think wanted to give a little more common scenario that she, she, she saw she was bleeding a few hours within a day after they had sex and says fine but that wouldn't have made the, hu- the husband the claim God the only according to Rebbe Kiva when it says Chamin wouldn't have made him Tameh so what's the concern so let's take a look so, so the Gemara says, I'm a of Chizda. I'm sorry, so that's what the, um, so that's what the rabbi said to Rav Chizda when they were discussing this topic. So, I'm a Rav Chizda. So Rav Chizda responded back to them and said, no. Afilu Tamer Rabban. And it could even be the rabbis that say, 20, you, don't, you do not retroactively 24 hours consider the husband, you know, that if they've had sex, the husband is Tameh. Uh, but nevertheless, only after the after. In one after, module, he would agree to it. Which basically means, like, very precise, it's funny, but which basically means, how soon after they had sex did, you find, did she find that she was bleeding? So the Gemara there has, has basically three time periods. One is basically 
the second that they separated, she did an internal check and she saw she was bleeding. That case, Gemara says, you have to assume that she was a Nida at the time of sex and it even impacts the obligation to bring a Korban for having had sex, knowing it's assuming definitely that they've had sex when, when she was a Nida. Then there's this middle stage, which is, which is the time it takes to get off of the bed and to basically, uh, to do a rinse and to do an internal rinse. So let's say that's, you know, the 30 seconds. Okay, whatever it is. So if it's not one second after, it's between one second and 30 seconds, then, then it's a suffix whether she was a needle when they were having sex. So it has implications for Korban, and everybody would agree the husband is Tamei because it's a real suffix. It's a genuine biblical suffix if she finds that she's bleeding within the next 30 seconds. Anytime, that's Acher. That's after they had sex. If that's one acher, then everybody agrees. But acher the acher, after that after, after that 30 seconds, that's where there's the bait. That's where everybody agrees it's only a rabbinic concern, retroactive, to assume that it was happening when they were having sex. And the rabbis say it does not apply to the husband, and Rabbi Akiva says it would extend to the husband. So, there is a time period after sex where, again, could have just said during sex, she found she's needed, but there's a time period after that everybody agrees finding that she's bleeding would, make, would have us have to be worried that they, that, that they were having sex when she was Anita would have us worried that the, even at a biblical level that the husband is Tamei. It was after the after, after 30 seconds, then it's true, not everybody agrees, the husband would have to worry. Okay, so that's how the Gemara describes what the concern is. Now, we need to stop here and ask two questions. First question is which Michael asks, which is, which is an excellent question, which I don't have a good answer to, which is, why didn't you have to make it, a, if I would say, a more secondary concern of Tumah? Wouldn't you have thought that conceptually the idea of separating based on the model of Harsinai or based on the model of, you know, of the Kohen preparing, you know, of the Miluim would include sort of almost like leaving the physical world behind? Now, there might be a difference between the Miluim model and the Harsinai model. You could easily have said, you know, although the Miluim model is that they really had to stay in that environment, but it might not so much have been to, like, you know, emphasize the spiritual over the physical. It might have been, like, a full immersion into the life of the, of the, of the Kuhunan, into the life of the Mishkan, and the Avoda of the Mishkan. And as we spoke about, Miluim is really about initiating them into the service of the Kuna, initiating the first use of the space, initiating their role as Kohanim, you know, as, you know, as I mentioned to you the other day, the Rav says that, you know, by Tom Kippur could translate as the idea of create, you know, sort of in, imparting upon him with a special status of a Kohen Gadol, but it's not about, you know, becoming, become, you know, sort of like I said, shedding your material self, it's about immersing yourself in this new role in order to get to, to allow that role to take place to give you that status and so on. So, so that one minute. So that you could have said, fine. So take your wives with you. Why not sleep with your wives at night? Right? You're still immersing yourself in this role as a kohen. You know, as a kohen gadol. But the hard Sinai model, I have to tell you, isn't hard. I mean, my God, the hard Sinai. What yeah, we said? It starts. We said it was the six days prior to, or the six first six days of the forty days. What do we know about the 40 days? You know, it says, you know, right? He, he didn't even need any food or water. I mean, the Gemara even says that maybe the first days was to cleanse him of all of his, you know, of all of his food. So actually says, okay, then that wouldn't be the model because we don't say the Golden Bible has to starve the seven days or six days prior. But nevertheless, it certainly seems like he shamim Hashem that the emphasis there is, you know, separate from your wives. We know three days prior to Arsini. You know, now the rabbi try to say that that actually you read that just because that really emphasizes of course the men in Harsinai and not the women and it's interesting that the rabbis reread that to say the concern was that the women shouldn't be Tmei'ah because they had recently had sex with their husbands but the shot of the Psukim is you know this separation and when the, and when the Torah says you know right, the classic Drashah again this isn't in the Psukim is go to your Ohel means go back to having sex with your wives but you you, you, you know you stay here you, you you remain you know you separate from your wife and the whole idea of Tzipora and so on and you know how Chazal explained what you you know about the Ishakusis why was she abandoned by Moshe etc 
So I really do not understand, according to Reish Lakish Gazuntai, why we need this. Um, you know, why this? Uh, we need an additional explanation. Now, of course, the dominant position was Rabbi Yochanan's. So you could say, bottom line, we're explaining this according to Rabbi Yochanan the basis of Amani Luin. But according to Reish Lakish, the basis it on Har Sinai, it would seem the answer is pretty self-evident that I do not know why the Gemara does not offer it. That is issue number one. Issue number two is. What do you mean, Michael? I was sorry. I, I was waiting for you to ask this question, Michael. What, what do you mean? Go take your wife with you, uh, uh, you know, and 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 live there in the Lishkas Barhedrin. Since when can you be having sex on the grounds of the base Hamikdash? What type of a halachah is that? How crazy is that idea, right? I mean, in the base Hamikdash in the Azara, you're not even allowed to sit. So what type of crazy thought is this? So, so what? You were ready to ask the question. Okay, fine. I think of you a chance. So let's take a look at Rashi. Nibesa Lama Pirish. This is like 20 lines before the lines get wide. Beginning of the line. You can for a question before. Then. All right. Nibesa Lama Pirish. Why did he separate? Why separate from your wife? So Rashi says like this. Meishto Lama Pirish. Tavoishto Imo. Sham. Sharei Al-Karchach. Lishkat Barhedin. Loisikidusham. Okay, you have to say that this does not have the sanctity of the Azara. Remember, we discussed that on the first day. Where was it located? Where was the door open into the Azara? Into the not as in maybe only into the Azrat Nashim and so on. So Rashi says, however, however, and wherever it was constructed, it could not have been the kedusha of the Azara proper. Why? So before we even get to the wife. So Rashi said, how does he go to sleep in the room? You're not even allowed to sit in the Azara. So wherever this was built, and the Gemara will discuss, like maybe its door was open, maybe its status is defined not physically where it is, but which space its door is open into. But wherever it was built, Rashi says it cannot have been the sanctity of the Azara, because then before you even get to the issue of sleeping with his wife, you know, how would he be able to sleep? How would he be able to lie down? So therefore, as he says, once it's not in the other row, we could also laugh, let him be there with his wife, let him sleep with his wife. But of course, Michael says, one minute. You mean to tell me, okay, it doesn't have the Kedusha of the Beis HaMikdash. It has the Kedusha of the Harabayas. Mm-hmm. So, so still, you're allowed to have sex on Harabayas, meaning even if the act of sex is not itself, like, somehow forbidden, but through the act of sex, the husband becomes a Balkari, right? He becomes somebody who has had a seminal omission. So Balkari isn't allowed on Harabayas. So it says, I, I still don't get it. Okay, so let's take a look at Tosos. Oh, it's just like the Shem, right? I mean, just because his wife is there with him doesn't mean it's to have sex. Of course. Okay, so... But then, so maybe... He'll, in a situation where he might... Right. Uh, well, we do that. Okay, so you're saying have his wife there and don't have sex. Yeah. With the, with the guidelines not to have sex. And then there's so... And with yeah, the, the regular guidelines. All right. Okay. I think the Gemara said it never spells that out. When it says let his wife be with him, I think it assumes, as we see in the next line, that at least the question assumes let them be there and be having and living a normal marital life and having sex. So the question is why did it sort of you know why wasn't it addressing the issue that issue to begin with? Let's see. Tosfos. Pierce Rashi. Tavoli Shoyim Osham. Shariah Kochas Lishkas Vayad Malay to Kedusha. Sheni Shiv Vazara. Koshkein Shiva. The Karshalon. The need alone Kedusha Kedusha Tazara. Since you have the sanctity of the Azara, Mikom Makom Kiarabayis, I said, we're still on the Temple Mount. The Daminim Perek Barchat, it's Kol Harbayis, Machan Eleviyahu. Ubal Keri Yen Roshayi, we got us Machan Eleviyah. So again, the Gemara could have framed the question, let him be there without having sex. And then, no, we're concerned he still might. Okay? But it didn't say that. It didn't frame the question that way. So what's the assumption that he's having sex? It's Harbayis? Daminim Perek Tzach Berek Eilud Varim, Zavachol Zavu Rabbis Bal Keri. Maybe he should be staying not in a chamber um, in the temple, but maybe he should be staying in an underground tunnel. Like they said, Kennedy had tunnels for that reason, right? Okay, so according to Tosfos, it's quite fascinating also because, so he has a very legitimate question. But it's also fascinating when we think of the question about this idea of prisha, right? Because if Tosu says the prisha is not in on the grounds of, not only not on temple grounds, not on Harbaya's grounds, it's just <coughs> underwards. But if one of the ideas of the prisha is Rish Lakish's model of like 
this kasa be'anon, you know, and presumably you need to somehow be like in the presence of the temple, not just in some underground tunnel. You know, maybe if it's even the Milui model, you would think also requires you to be more on temple or at least on Harabayas grounds. So in order for those to deal with the Havamina of going to a tunnel, it, uh, it, 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 you know, it, it, it changes our understanding of where the Kohen Gadol has to be when he is being separated. Of course, that's the Havamina. At the end of the day, his wife isn't with him, so we can go back and assume that he's right there on temple grounds. Whether it has the sanctity of Harabai, uh, whether it has the sanctity of the Azara is a different question, but it might, it's located certainly on Harabayas and maybe even in the Azara space just without the sanctity of the Azara, which is an issue we'll get to based on where it's open to. Yes. I was thinking about a lot of these things before, you know, but the, the problem with that answer is because then he's focusing on the wrong word. Because the Gemara focused on Mafrishin, it's supposed to lose that or Hedrin, right? And of course, also the question should have been, or Gemara's question should have been, he wasn't saying the Gemara was asking which was for Hedrin. The Gemara was asking why can't he be with his wife, parentheses, and go somewhere else rather than the Lishka Sparhedrin. But why do we start with the assumption he can't be with his wife? That's the way the Gemara's question is. So let's go back to the Gemara. Okay, so Amar Abzeira, so it said Abzeira, about again, like, I don't know, 20 lines from the bottom, <coughs> 15 lines, middle of the line. Amar Abzeira, Shmamina Bol Nida Enatanida, From this idea that the concern of separating the coin Gadol is a concern that he would, from his wife, is that he would have had sex with his wife and wound up having the Tuma of Bol Nida, man who's had sex with the Nida, we can see that the tuma of a person who has, of a man who has had sex with anida is not identical to the tuma of anida. Although the Torah says v'tihi tuma so alav, that the tuma of the nida then becomes also the tuma of the man, transfers from the woman, not transfers like it leaves, but go extends from the woman and applies to the man. He says it's not exactly identical. In what way is it not identical? Um, he says v'tovil biyom. When does a nida go to the mikvah? A nida goes to the mikvah. A woman who is a nida, I'm sorry, I should say, a woman who is a nida goes to the mikvah at night. Okay? Now, of course, now, I'm not talking about today's practice, which is also based on more complicated pie breads and so on. But in the Torah, the Torah basically says, Shivat tamim tiyebidizata, okay, that she is, you know, seven days a nida. And, um, and then, you know, in the end, because I understood the full seven days, and she cannot go to the mikvah in the middle of the seventh day. She can only go to the mikvah the nightfall. Again, it's da- nowadays it's different, because nowadays a woman waits, you know, to the bleeding star- stops, and then seven days without bleeding. According to the Torah, a woman who's had her menstrual pit flow just, you know, starts counting from the day the flow begins. And the assumption, many Mephorshim say that the reason the Torah assumes she's Shmei seven days is because the menstrual period, sometimes obviously it would be an extreme case, could last for up to seven days. So it's assumed that she could be having bleeding throughout those seven days, and then the menstrual period is over, and she goes to the mitzvah a week after the menstruation began, okay, but she goes the night of the seventh, she can't go the day of the seventh. And he's saying, from the way you described what the concern was, then um, I can prove to you that, that the man who has had sex with Anita goes the day of the seventh, not the following night. Why? Let's take a look. If he has the exact same status as Anita, Amos Tavio, when would he go to the mitzvah? The Lelia. He would, he would go at night. So the Machar, Hechi Avid Avoda. How could he do the Avoda the next day on Yom Kippur? Vabayev Shemesh. He would need it to be nightfall. Every time after you've gone to the mitzvah, you need the following night to be completely tahor. So what does that mean? It means, here is, right, let's say these are the seven days. It's Rosh Hashanah, two days, okay? Day of Tishrei, right? Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, okay? This is Yom Kippur, right? So not to confuse things, I'm going to sort of bracket this and just count the seven days. That he's basically he's basically on the temple ground during a Shuvah, right? Okay, this is when he's separated. Okay, so he goes, he comes here to the base of Mitzvah. He's here, so he's not sleeping with his wife because if he's sleeping with his wife, maybe he'll become a Suffolk Nita. Means that we have to concern ourselves that the day before he came, maybe that scenario happened. Okay, so the day before he came, that scenario happened. If on day zero, Rosh Hashanah, I guess. He, he, if he were a Bolonida on that day, right? If he were, 
then, when would he be then, and he's going to the mikvah, let's say, every single day. They're even doing the ashes of the paradum, etc. What would his day seven be? If he got that status here, this would be his day seven, right? Of the time that he was, you know, that, that, that he became Tamei, if that had actually occurred, okay? So, now, if he were like Anita, when would he go to the, the mikvah, if that were his day seven? That night, okay? That night means the night prior to day seven. When would he become... Um, uh, totally, wait, that, that actually does work. Well, yeah, yeah, it that day, the day that he, that he separated from day one. Oh, no, 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 you're right, that's the question. I'm right. sorry, thank you. Thank you very much, that's Michael. That's that's yeah, 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 thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, the concern is that he had sex up, you know, a minute before coming to the base on Mikdash. Okay, so he came to the base on Mikdash. Let's say that he showed up here at noon. Maybe he had sex with his wife at 11, at 11 a.m. So thank you, Michael. So then, this is day seven. Day seven is day seven. If he if he actually was coming, you know, when he came to the base of Mitzvah and had sex with his wife right before, this is day seven. He goes to if he was like a nida, he would go to the mitzvah the night of the the night going into the yeah, going in, basically the night of Yom Kippur, right? Okay, so and then he would be totally taller until Moshe Yom Kippur because he would need another nightfall. So he says, ah. But if he's allowed to go the day of the seven and he goes to the mikvah here, then when it becomes the night of Yom Kippur, that's his hair of Shemdish, and therefore he's totally tar and allowed to serve in the base of Mikdash. So he says, you see that if we're, that's our concern, then the only way this works is if he can go to the mikvah the day of the seventh and not the night of the seventh. Just seven. to be clear about the language we're using, like a shortcut, it's all that suffix in the situation. Yeah. Right. We're not talking that way anymore. Right, and it didn't say, and it didn't say we like tell him, you know, like they tell you, like they tell you if you're about to have some tests in the morning, you know, no food and drink the night before, whatever, you know. <laughs> Don't have sex with your wife the night before. No, there, they, once we're concerned, we'll have to be concerned about, where, you know, worst <coughs> scenario, and he became a bonita a minute before showing up. So if that's true, the only way it's going to be solved is that he can go to the mikvah on the day of the seventh. Have we seen anybody say what the name of this lishka means? No, we're going to get to that. Okay. Elohash mamina. So from this you can infer, if that's our concern, that Paul need ain't a kinida, that he's not like a need and he can go the day of the seventh. He doesn't have to go the night of the seventh. Now, a lot of the of people that go to the mikvah, the basic assumption is you go during the day and you can go even the day you become Tamei. And it's interesting. I mean, Mark doesn't spell out, you know, what would be the logic if the Torah says he has the same Tumah, then what would be the logic to allow him to go earlier? But if the reason that that Anita waits till the night of the seventh, you know, if what's connected, and some of the, some of Farshim say this, to an assumption that she might be bleeding for having her menstruation for a full seven days, then it's a very fascinating logic that America could be suggesting. As a seven-day Tumah, he's allowed to go to the mikvah on, during the daytime. We have other seven-day tumas where somebody goes to the mikvah daytime. A woman who's a zava, who's tameya seven days, goes to the mikvah the day of the seventh. A man, a man or a woman who's tameya by contact with a mace, right? They do the sprinkling of the ashes or whatever. That's the day of the seventh. It's not the night after. It's not full seven days. So as a tumma, maybe he can go the day of the seventh. Maybe the only reason the woman doesn't go in the day is because of the concern of that the menstruation has not yet been the Torah's concern, not a rabbinic concern, but the idea that the menstruation could be lasting throughout the day of the seventh. So he has the tumma without the menstruation, so maybe he goes the day of the seventh, which actually is the pattern for normal tumas of seven days. So I just like it as a conceptual model. So that's what he's arguing. So the Gemara says like this. Um, no, he might be like Anita and goes the night of the seventh. So how about this concern? That basically, you get him to the base of Mikdash, not noon on day one. You get him to the base of Mikdash a minute before sunset on day zero. So on the second day, Rosh Hashanah here, before Rosh Hashanah is over, you have him right before sunset at the end of the second day, Rosh Hashanah, come to the base of Mikdash. So if he has had sex recently with his wife, the last moment was actually, was actually Rosh Hashanah. Would not have been, he would not have had a chance on day one. So he's really seven full days and a minute in the base of Mikdash. But he doesn't come in the middle of day one. He comes right before day one begins. Okay, so now we're going to discuss this issue, although you can't prove it from our scenario. What is the story of a, of a, of a Bo'al Nida? Does he go to the mikvah on the day or at the night of the seventh? 
So the Gemara says like this. May I'll ask you on your position that it's today, um, anybody who's obligated in tzila, uh, to go to the mikvah goes in the day. Like I said, that is the standard, that tzila's in the day. Nida, that's the only exception, is... A nida, a woman who's a nida and a, who's, who has had her menstruation, and a woman who has who has given birth. Tfilas and Belilah. they are the only ones because the Torah links the tumah of childbirth to the tumah of nida. Those are the only ones that wait the full seven days and go at night, not do not go the day of the seventh. So the Mar says that sounds like nida in bo'al nida low. It says nida. The only exceptions are nida and tuliyom. So presumably bo'al nida would not be an exception, and he would go the day of the seventh. So that would be a proof to Reb Zera and a, and a challenge to those that would argue with Reb Zera. So the Gemara says, no, that's not a proof. Um, no, no, Nida means a Nida and everybody that falls into the, into the chapter of Nida. So this man comes, his tumor is that of a Nida, so that would be included in the word Nida. So you cannot make a big deal that Bo'al Nida wasn't mentioned there. Okay, so now the Gemara is going to try again. Mason. Valkari Kamago Sheretz. We have a writer that says, oh, excuse me, a mission, Zovin, that says, a man who has seminal omission is like somebody who touched a sheriff, touched a dead rodent, which means what? Which means that he is a, number one, it means he's a Rishon Latuma, okay, his level of Tuma is that not a, as a source of Tuma, but as a, but as a Rishon, and therefore he can only make, let's say, food Tame, he can't make people or vessels Tame, so that's like, he's like a Sheriff, touched a Sheriff, he's also like somebody who touched a Sheriff, and that it's a one-day Tuma, go to the Mitzvah that day, you're tired that night. So that's a man who had a seminal omission. Bo'onida, a man who's had sex with a woman who's a nida, is like a man who touched a dead body. What does that mean? Same halachas. They are a tumah of, a man who touched a dead body, a mace is called not an avatuma, but an aviavosatuma, like a granddaddy of tumas. Because if you touch a mace, your status is not a rishon, which it normally is when you touch something tame, but it's an av. You are, have a full status of an av, and that's why seven days and the whole thing, etc. So, number one, somebody who touches a dead body is an avatuma. Number two, it's a seven-day tuma. And therefore, a bolnida is, fits into that category. Avatuma and seven days. So the Gemara says, okay, but if that's the category you're putting in, when does a person whose tummy because of a dead body um, have his uh, tahara process? The day of the seventh, not the following night. So the Gemara says, my love with Tevila, is it not making this comparison for Tevila purposes and saying that, you know, that here you go, both, you know, both of these people, the man who touches the dead body and the man who has had sex with a woman in the knee, both go to the day for the day of the seventh. So the Gemara says, lo, l'tumah, son. No, it means the tumah. One day tumah, seven day tumah. We're not making comparisons about when you would go to the mikvah. Says, you don't need a mission to tell me that. The Torah tells me that. It says that the first two are one day tumas, the last two are seven days tumas. By both cases, both the context of the dead body and this man who has had sex um, with his wife and she was Anita, both of them, the Torah says, is seven days. You do not need, a Mishnah does not need to put them in the same category. If the Mishnah is putting them in the same category, it is to tell me more than that. It is to tell me that they both go to the mikvah, you know, in the daytime. That's what the argument is. So the Gemara says, So again, if it's telling me something interesting, it must be telling me that Tvila is during the day. So that is the support to Rebbe Zeva. So the says, No, not necessarily. I'll tell you that really the point is just to say one day or seven days. And nothing, in, it's not saying anything interesting of when they go to the mikvah. So say for Israel, and you know what, you're right. The first part of the Mishnah is superfluous. The first part of the Mishnah is just restating what's already explicit in the Torah. So why was it taught? To get you to the second part of the Mishnah. What's the second part of the Mishnah? Here's the second part of the Mishnah. A man who's had sex with a woman when she was, you know, was a Nida has one aspect that he's more strict than a man who came in contact with a dead body. What's that? Or a woman who came in contact with a dead body. What's the way he's more strict? One of the whole special halachas about people who have tumah because of things that have happened to their body or things that came out of their body, basically a woman who's in need of, of men- because of menstruation or who bleeds not during her normal cycle or a man who's a zav, right, which is because of something, some penile emission. All of those cases in the Torah, you know, the Torah gives a lot of airtime to those cases um, in um, Tazriya Mitzorah. So all of those cases, it says any seat that they sit on will be Tameh. 
This is the, the tomb of Mishkav and Moshav. And that is actually a very special category in two ways. Number one is it becomes to make even if they don't touch it, just by virtue of it having been their seat. So if you imagine like, you know, the princess and the pea, you have ten pillows stacked on one another. All of those pillows, no matter how distant they are from him and from his touch or her, you know, all of those pillows are the seat of the Zav or the Zava, and they're all Tamei. Um, number one, he doesn't need touch. And number two is, it's an Av Hatumah. By being defined as the seat of a Zav or a Zava, it is not one degree lower, a Rishon, it actually is an Av Hatumah, a source of Tumah. Even if the person has not touched, touched the, uh, the, the Mita um, since becoming a Zav Yeah, Zavah. exactly. No contact, it's just his weight was supported on it, he sat on it, or sat... Once in his life. No, 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 no. After he became a Zav, but he doesn't have to touch it, he has to sit on it. Okay, so he could sit on it without touching it, right? You could sit on, you know, ten mattresses stacked on one another, and every single mattress, you know, even anything that is supporting his weight is his seat or her seat, and therefore it's a mishkav, called a mishkav or a moshav, right, right, right. and therefore it's a seven-day tumah. It doesn't need contact, it needs to be sat on, doesn't need contact, and is a, an av hatumah. Now, so, boel nida, that's only true about these tumahs, that things that come from the body. If a man touches, or a woman touches, a dead body, even though it's a seven-day tumah, it's very strict, you need the sprinkling of the ashes of the paraduma, it has all these other stringencies, it does not have the status of seat. That if, they, if, you, that was, if, if that man or woman sits on something, that that status is somehow a special status. So what the Mishnah says is, this is one way in which the man who's had sex with an Ida is stricter than somebody who touches a corpse. Which is, is that he, because he gets the Tumah of the woman he slept with, he actually also makes a Mishkav and a Moshav. Okay, and that does not apply to the man who touched the corpse. So that's the basic point we're saying is the, the Mishnah is not coming to tell you when they go to the mikvah. It's leading up to pointing out ways in which, you know, the, the one category, one, one of these people is more strict than the other. And the way in which the man who sleeps with a woman who's a need is more strict is then the person who touches a, a corpse is that the man who sleeps with her gets her tumma to the effect that even he makes a Mishkav and Moshav even without touching it. Now, there is one difference because he's a very interesting middle category like the possibility that he has seven days but he can go in the day the middle category is when he sits on something again even if he doesn't touch it it doesn't become an avatuma. it only becomes a rishomatuma. so again since he does not actually have the things happening to his body he just got the tuma transferred to him you know or extended to him he, doesn't, he makes the mishkav and moshev but without making it an av so let me just read you those words more strict than the person who touches a corpse because this person he makes seats and you know and, and, and whatever and things you sleep on things you sit on tamay again even without touching with touching it's not a chiddish even without touching but there's this way he actually is also different from the nita that it's only a lighter tumah it's a risho not an av the Tami Ochlin Umashkin and a Rishon can only make food and, and liquid Tame. Um, if you're only an Av can make a person and vessels Tame. Okay, so that's the reason it's quoted, is to point out this difference, but you cannot argue anything from the, about the question about when he goes to the mix. Yes, Mike. So I just have like, a quick question. I mean, it always has to be like a, a very big mile, right? Because if we're really aware of that, I'm forgetting a little bit. Like, doesn't it take care of some of this stuff? Like, well, what would be Bidiyazet? So we'll get to that in a minute. Okay, so hold on. So Dmar is not done with this question about where, when a Bolnita goes to the mikvah. Tashma come here. The tiny baby here. We have a bright Azava, man or woman with these different types of flows, which are seven days tumah, or a man or a woman who has tzarat. Um, and a man who's had sex with a nida, and somebody who became tamay because of contact with a dead body. All these are seven day tumas. Tvilas and beyond, they all go in the day. So Rabbi Chia says black and white. Bol nida goes during the day. Every seven day tuma goes during the day. With the one exception of nida violetas, tvilas and belayla. Okay, that's the one exception. So it spelled out what was implicit in the previous Mishnah. Very clearly, Bol nida goes into the day. 
Yukta. That is an absolute contradiction to the one who challenged Reb Zera. It's funny that it frames it as a, as a challenge, because in the end, Reb Zera was the one who said this, and now everything has supported Reb Zera. So at the end of the day, the challengers have been defeated, and Reb Zera's position stands that the Boal Nida can go during the day, which means that the Kohen can come to the Beis HaMikdash day one, and he doesn't have to come the night before. And then even if he has sex a minute before with his wife, day seven is day seven, goes to the Mikvah by nightfall, by Yom Kippur, he will be totally tahor. Okay, so that's why we had that discussion of Boal Nida. Now, let's take a look at Michael's question about why are we so hyper-concerned about a possible Tumah? So, that's exactly where the Gemara now turns. Um, the Ashat HaMafrishom well, well actually first we have a prior concern the Ashat HaMafrishom to Mastesa you're so afraid if his wife is with him oh my god who knows what happens she'll have sex and she'll be a Nisa and that's your concerns so he free should be to Mastesa you should you should make sure that he doesn't ever come in contact with any other human being ever? during no during those seven days because if he's in contact with another person maybe the person will die on him and he'll be to Mastesa so, so I mean, you know once you once these are your concerns like we you know sort of like the Mishnah was of herself so the Gemara says Amarav Tachlifa Avuad Rav Huna Mishmei Derava Zosomeret from the fact that we're not concerned with that this teaches you Tumas HaMeis Chutrihi B'Tzibor that actually right uh, that, that, that we are not concerned about Tumas Meis you, uh, you know, as we learned in Psalm, there's a general principle that if the Kohanim, the Bailim, the question exactly you, but let's say the Kohanim are Tmeim, that you, and it's a Korban Sibur, a special, or it's more particularly it's a Korban that has a fixed time and has to be brought to day. You bring it even though, even though everybody is Tame. Okay, but the question is, is the concept like Tuma doesn't apply in that case? Or yes, it does apply, it is a problem, but the problem is being overridden. Okay, so the idea that like does not even apply, you do, you do nothing wrong, is Hutra B'Tibor. The idea that, yes, you are actually bringing a Korban B'Tibor and that is problematic, but we're going to allow it to happen, that's the idea of Zuchuya. There's a problem, but we're overriding the problem. So if your adoption, if your principle is Tuma Hutra, it's like there's no prohibition at all, then, um, or no, you know, no problematic at all, then you don't have to work so hard to avoid it. Okay, so he's saying, why are we not avoiding, working to avoid a guy dropping dead on him? Because Tumahutra B'tzibor, and therefore, if it happens, you're not even doing anything wrong, and therefore we don't have to work so hard to avoid it. So then the question is, why separate him from his wife? Because the only Tuma that's Hutra B'tzibor is Tumas Mace, or Tuma of contact with other things. Tuma of a status of a personal status like Nida, Zav, Zav, and Boel Nida, which is not about just physical contact, it's more about personal status, those Tumas <coughs> are not Hutra the Tzibor. Are you saying so, Tzibor because the entire population of Kohanim is all the Exactly. <laughs> the entire population is a set, there's a null set, there's a set consisting of one, so yes. And also Tzibor also reflects the Korban Tzibor. Now again, it's not, you could, you could discuss, and Rashi and Tzibor discuss this, is the Korban of Yom Kippur, Korban Tzibor. You know, there's the Korban that he brings for Klal Yisrael, that's a Korban Tzibor, but there's also his personal Korban. Okay, now, but of course that's necessary sort of to allow, to have everything take place. And also, as I, I told you a lot in Sahim, it's not just the status of a Korban Tzibor, it's really any fixed time Korban. So even if you do not consider his personal Korban um, to be a Tzibor Korban, it's a Korban that has to be done today. And therefore, and he's the only one to do it. So basically, the answer is, yeah, you know what? We're not so worried about Tamei Mays. Let him be Tamei Mays. Big deal. He has, you know, he has to be bringing the Korban today. It's a fixed time. It's a Korban Sibor. So, big deal. We're not going to be concerned about that. But what we will be concerned about is a Tumah that will not be, will not be Hutra and will, will be a problem, which is the Tumah of Baal Nida. That's his answer. Ravina Amar, Ravina comes back and says, And again, the key word is here, Hamais. Okay, because Tumas Nida and Boel Nida is never overridden. Okay, but the Tumas Mace is. A few times Tumas Mace to Huyahibiti, or even if Tumas Mace is only pushed off, meaning it's overridden, but it's still problematic, and we would therefore work to avoid it. So if we would work to avoid Tumas Mace, why do we let him come in contact with other human beings? Tumas Mace, lo shricha. You know, there's just a question of percentage. There's a question of numbers. Somebody dropping dead on you is a little less likely than his wife becoming a nida. And, you know, even if it's not normally her menstrual period, 
Okay, but those things happen. So we're not going to be afraid somebody's going to drop dead on you, even if we are working to avoid Tumas Mace. Now, you will remember, by the way, that we do part of the process, which we haven't mentioned yet, is that the entire seven days they sprinkle on in the ashes of the Paraduma, which is all a concern of Tumas Mace. So we're going to have to, when we get to that, again, raise, but if it's Tumah Hutzah the Tibor, why, why are we even bothering? Okay, so I so okay. So now we're going to look at that question of whether Tumas Hutra Betzibor or Duchuya Betzibor. Let's take a look. So and again, it will apply to the Kohen Gadol. Tibor, right? Not meaning that Tibor is Tamei. Sometimes it means the Tibor is Tamei. But anyway, for here we'll say because like by the Pesach, where those are the ones who are bringing the korban. But anyway, no. The the the, the, the basic meaning is of a korban Tibor. Right. And again, as Rashi says, you know, and Tosa says, even he, even if there's the Kohen's personal korban is not a korban Tibor, it still is Kavua Lazman, and therefore would have the idea that it could be brought even the Tuma. So that's the question. So in those circumstances, do we just like ignore Tumah or we override it? Um, so let's take a look. Itmar was said, Tumah Sameis, when the Tumah, again, corpse Tumah or contact Tumah, these are the only things that, are, that you override or you allow, you know, for a Korban. So Rav Nachman Amar Sibor, it's completely permissible. It's not even a problem. Okay, once you're dealing with a Korban Sibor, um, and no, it's a problem. We override it, but we're still problematic. So now, what would be a nafkamina between Hutra and Duchuya? So it sounds like this. So forget, forget the, what do you call it? Forget the issue of, um, of, uh, uh, of, of Yom Kippur. It's basically, it's Monday. Okay? It's Monday, and everybody of the Kohanim, who, it's Monday on Zav Cheshven. And any, all the Kohanim, though, whose date oh, to work it is that day, that's the Beisav, right? It's the w- subsection, uh, the subgroup of the Kohanim that are working the week, the Mishmar. This is the group of those Kohanim from the Mishmar that work, are working on Monday. And it just so happens that all of those Kohanim became Tameh, okay? Th- that Beisav. So that's the problem. The Kohanim who, now, theoretically, you could find another Kohanim. But the Kohanim whose job it is to work today are all Tamei. And you have a Korban Sibur to bring today on Vav Cheshven. What's the Korban Sibur you bring on Monday Vav Cheshven? The same one you bring every day, the Tamid. Okay, so you got a Tamid to bring. The Kohanim of that day are Tamei. What do you do? So let's take a look. Okay. Um, um, so it's like this is, if that the Kohanim of that day have some Tamei, some Tahor and you have to bring your Tamid nobody would say you would just say nothing let the Tameim do it if you have an easy choice to go with the Tahorim even if you say Hutra you're going to go with the Tahorim okay typically um, when is there a debate that all of the Monday Kohanim are Tameim okay but you know you have the Kohanim of this week that are right here. They're, they they came to Yerushalayim for this week. All we'll have to do is ring them up, like when you know you you know, and say, "Hey, we need a few guys. Can you get a few Kohanim to come? Because all the Monday Kohanim are coming." Do you bother with that little effort of, of of ringing up the Kohanim that are here, you know, waiting to serve this week, but not today, and have them come to the base of Mikdash? So you do the effort to get Kohanim from another day from from another day. Rav Nachman Amar Heter Hibetzibur is completely permissible, and therefore below Madrina, you don't even bother. Even if there's another Kohen standing there, you know what? It's not his day. Okay, big deal. Everybody's coming. It's not a problem. It's Korban Tzibur. Rav Sheisha Samar Hibetzibur. No, it's a problematic situation. We'll override it if we have no choice, but we have a choice. Okay, Madrina, and we would try to find another Kohen who could do the Avodah. Okay, that's very reasonable debate. Now the Gemara wants to make it more extreme. When you ignore it, is it uh, the word ignore bothers me for Machir. Right. In other words, if you ignore something, you're still acknowledging that it's Chal. Okay, but it doesn't mean there's no Tumah. Maybe an interesting par- comparison would be the question, which gets debated in the Achronim, of how we think about Pikuach Nefesh on Shabbos, Hutra or Duchuya. So if I ask you, I, if somebody goes ahead <coughs> and is driving somebody to the hospital, Pikuach Nefesh on Shabbos, are they being Mechal Shabbos, but they have a mitzvah to be Mechal Shabbos? Right. Or, it's not Chil Shabbos. Right. Saving a life on Shabbos is not Chil Shabbos. Right. So that's the question. That's okay? huge. Right. Difference. So that's the difference between Hutra and Duchuya. Right. right. Are they basically violating the laws of a Korban brought Betuma, but they're allowed to violate it? Or, no, they're not violating. For Korban Seaboard, there's no law that you can't bring it Betuma.
Okay, so that's what I mean when I say ignore. So no violation is hutra. Hutra, right. right. No violation. But okay. I can't imagine if they're saying you don't have to be a Chal Shabbos and don't try. Why can't you just bring this? Okay, so that's exactly the question about what. So let's take a look. The Gemara now has another version of this debate. Ikadamri, some say, a few Now that's really the real extreme of the Hutra. There's absolutely no prohibition of bringing a Korban Sebra with Kanim Huartame. Not just when you have to. There's no prohibition. So even if there are Tami and Tar Kohanim in this base Av. You can have the Tami Kohanim feel bad. They have to sit out because they're Tami. They can't work today. Today on Monday, whatever, Vav Cheshen. They can't work. But they don't worry. When it comes time for the Tami, we'll call you up. You can work. Because there's no problem of Tami Kohanim bringing a Korban Sebar. That's, that's like taking it out <laughs> of the polarity between the two. I understand. You that's know, a, an extreme idea of Hutra. There's absolutely no problem. The prohibitions in the Torah that a Tami Kohanim cannot do the Avoda were not said by Korban Seaboard. Okay, it's a real extreme. Rav Nach, okay, they debate. Rav Nach, Rav Nach, Rav Nach, Rav Nach, Rav Nach, Rav Nach, but big deal. It's a Corbin Seaboard. You can do it with a Tame. It's a really extreme position. The cold Tumas Mace, the Seaboard, Rahman Asharia, any Tumas Mace is completely permissible. It's not overriding. There is no prohibition. And again, though, this is a contact Tuma, Tumas Mace. It does not apply to Nida or Goel Nida. And that's why we obviously have to be, you know, clearly it's a concern about the Goel Nida, whether the Mace is a concern, Hutra or Dekhliya, and how much are we going to be concerned about Tumas Mace that's part of this debate. Before we end today, I wanted to point your attention to a interesting discussion in Tosros because I keep on telling you that it's not just about Korban Sibor. It's about a Korban that has to be done today. Is there ever a special stat, like the Kohen Gadol's own Korban, is there ever a special status of Korban Sibor? So look at the very end of the final Tosros, Amarav, where he says like this. He says... Um, he says that it might make a difference exactly this question. He says like this. He says, um, I'm going to tell you. Um, it is one, two, three, about one, two, three, six lines before before it ends. It starts with the word Lameimar. Okay, so one one word in. People see where I'm reading from? Nihi the Pesach, even the Asi because this is all a question whether Pesach is considered a corporate seaboard. Because it's not brought for Klal Yisrael as a corporate entity. It's just every single individual brings it. So it comes Bichnufia with a group with en masse. Chashiv ki korban seaboard, tlego korban seaboard, vidoch t'shabas t'shatuma. It's not one korban being brought for all of them as a corporate entity. So it's, a, it's really not a real korban seaboard. Everybody would agree we would try to find Tahar people to bring it. The discussion here is a real korban seaboard, a korban brought for Kla Yisrael. Things that are a fixed time, but not a real korban seaboard, like korban Pesach, or maybe Aaron's korban, that might override, but everybody would agree that's in the Dechuya category, not in the Hutra category. The Kemash Melakaman Besamuch, the Elushel Aaron, Aaron's ram, Alphagav Dezimna Tviele, it has a fixed time, the Dachi has a Shabbos, and it overrides Shabbos as a Tumah, Kik Korban Sibor, Vikomakam, Kivan Korban Yachidu, it's at the end of the day, it's a personal Korban, Madrinan Atahorim Lukule Alma, everybody would agree you try to get to whore people. So this is a great Totsos, because often we talk about Tumah Hutle Besibor, but as we know, it really is about a fixed Time korban overrides regardless. But Tosa says, here's the difference. Okay, when it's a korban tzibur, that's when you can have a, an extreme position of complete hutra, and we won't even bother to look for ta, for, ta, for tahor people. Completely hutra. When it's a korban yachid, even a korban pesach, but it's not a korban tzibur. It's a korban yachid with a fixed time. Then everybody agrees, even if you say some version of chutra, everybody would agree there that at least we would we would try to get the harin to bring it. So korban sibur does remain at a higher level than a fixed time korban that is a korban yachid in terms of this issue of overriding and must be done. Okay, so we will end with that today. Uh,